Awesome. So, um, here we are, everybody. Formation, first talk. So good. I don't know about you guys, sometimes I come to formation, I'm like, all right, here's the talk. I'm really tired because Thursdays are usually my busiest days. And I, like, I don't know, like, it's, sometimes I just, like, zone out. Um, <laughs> but, like, actually, like, this time I'm, like, like I just want to actually equip us and give us some tools so we can listen actively. So these are, like, not only things that you have to do um, today, but actually you can use, you know, through this whole formation course that we're doing. So first uh, tool I want to give is, like, <clears throat> so if you're listening and you want to keep engaged, right? And so sometimes when I hear something that I really like, I just want to, like, give someone a high five. So I just give myself a high five. I just start clapping, you know? <laughs> so, like, actually, like, if, like, during this, like, talk or, like, anytime, like, you hear something you like, like, don't be afraid to just, like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, like, I love that, you know? Okay, so if that's a little, uh... Yeah. Two, yeah. If, if that's like, oh, Zach, Zach, you're like, that's kind of weird. I don't, I don't want to do that. That's okay. Um, sometimes, like, if that's like a little too much, like, sometimes you can just give like a big gospel amen, right? Let's all try that together. One, three, two, one. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, um, if you're like Zach, that's still kind of weird. It's okay. There's one more thing you can do. This is like the easiest thing. It's a good old charismatic. Mm. You know, so let's try that. Three, two, one. Mmm. Yeah, just like with like a good little like chicken McNugget of like goodness. You're just like, mmm. So good. I love what I'm hearing, you know. <laughs> so be afraid to exercise those, practice those tonight as we're doing this. Um, cool. So uh, first thing I want to do um, is actually like just look. So yeah, this is a talk on daily discipleship. Um, and I actually just want to look at um, the call of like discipleship. So in your outline, I gave you uh, Mark eight. There's a little passage. So and I, honestly, I, I just want to start in scripture. I think like that that like that that's a place where we can ground ourselves um, for the rest of the semester and for the rest of our life. So I want to start that now. So uh, from Mark eight, and he called to him the multitude with his disciples. And said to them, If any man would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? For what can a man give in return to his life for his life? So I, I don't think this is unfamiliar to us, right? Like, I think actually, like, the notion and the idea that, like, Jesus is calling us and, like, calling us individually, like, to follow him, <clears throat> to, like, what, what does it say here? To deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Jesus. I don't think that's something that's new for us. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really want to, like, start there. But I also think that, like, actually, if you're here, I think that means that you realize that there's something more, you know? That actually, like, like, yes, Jesus is calling us to carry his cross, or to carry our cross, follow him. Um, and I think if you're ready to experience something more tonight, um, and, to, and what the, experience great greatness in following Jesus, 
then I, I think we might want to like ask the question, like, are we experiencing everything that God has for us? Like, is there a chance that maybe there's something more? And so if you're ready for that more, then buckle up because we're about to go deep. <laughs> so um, let's go, let's head back into scripture. So Luke 14, um, uh, Jesus says this. He says, now great multitudes accompanied him. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be his disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and take counsel whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends an embassy and asks for terms of peace. So therefore... Whoever of you does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And so, like, we hear things like Jesus says, deny yourself, you know, pick up your cross, renounce all you have. And I I don't think he's actually speaking in hyperbole. Like, he says he calls the multitudes that are with them, and this is what he says to them. And so, when Jesus says, like, deny yourself, pick up my cross... (laughs) I don't think the people, when, they, when the multitudes heard that, you know, I think today when we hear, you know, oh, you know, I just got to carry my cross, you know, we think of like, oh, I stubbed my toe, like, just got to carry my cross, you know, Whew. or like, you know, oh man, like, brother X or sister Y didn't wash their dishes, like, oh, I just got to carry my cross and do it, you know, I, I don't think that's what the first people heard when they, when they heard Jesus say that, that's not what they thought of. When they said, pick up your cross, they thought of a literal cross, right? They thought of, like, people dying. They thought of people losing everything, right? And so, actually, like, Jesus' call is radical. And I think, and I think after so many years of, of like, metaphorical cross-carrying, we've forgotten how radical that call is. Does that make sense? That, like, we, we think that we think that like that like you know washing someone's dishes or stubbing our toe is all that Jesus is calling us to or that like these like small things that like often seem so burdensome are all that Jesus all that Jesus is calling us to and so actually what Jesus wants is everything you know he wants the, he wants the 25 minutes that you snoozed on your alarm He wants your lunch break. He wants the people that you're going to sit with at lunch. He wants the hour in between classes that you have. He wants your career. He wants your sleep schedule. He wants everything and nothing less, guys. Gosh darn it. Like, like discipleship is demanding, right? And I'm not like trying to like put on some acts before you, but it's demanding. Jesus is like asking for everything. Like every waking moment, every sleeping moment. 
And I think sometimes we sort of play this off and we read that scripture and we say, Jesus doesn't want us to hate our father and mother, you know, like, it's just like, oh, some like, you know, linguistic thing of like, of uh, like, of like Semitic languages. But I think, but too often we've like domesticated, I think, God's call to what we feel comfortable with. And I want us to like let go of that tonight. And I want us to accept something bigger. Because if God has a plan for greatness in your life, and we've maybe deafened our ears by the noise or the insecurity or smallness that we've like bought into, I think it's time for us to awaken that there's actually so much more for us. And so what and I know like as I say this, like you guys are college students as I was, like, literally less than three months ago. (laughs) And, like, you think, like, oh, like, is he trying to say that, like, oh, I need to, like, go do, like, three more holy hours and all this, like, outreach stuff and, like, start inventing all and starting all these new, like, ministries and things like that. Like, that's not what Jesus is asking. He's not asking us to do more. He's asking us to give more. Right? asking us to give him those moments that maybe we've actually like taken and like called our own like oh this is my me time you know or like oh this hour in between class like this time is for me to like rest you know like this this is for me like and maybe we've like held on to those things because we felt that we need them but I'm here to say that that's not the gospel that like literally as I read this like what Jesus is saying is that he's asking for everything. He's asking us to deny ourselves, to disown our lives, and give them to him. So, like, like our lives might look similar, actually. Like, we're still doing the same things. But actually, why we're doing them is completely different. Right? Like, I don't go to class anymore for me. I go to class for Jesus. I don't go to lunch anymore because I need my, to refuel my body. I go for Jesus. I don't tithe 10% of the little income that I have for myself or because I want to, right? No, duh. We tithe because it's for Jesus. Everything, like, and everything we do becomes transformed and for Jesus because Jesus wants us to do those things. That's what being a disciple means. That everything is for Jesus. So that's a lot. Take a deep breath, everyone. I breathe out. All right. Ready for the good news? (laughs) Yeah. Good. (laughs) The good news is there's a reward. (laughs) So, um, and actually there's a couple of scripture passages that I I sort of picked out that I think is going to illustrate that actually in, in giving everything to Jesus, we receive a reward that's incredible. That's so far beyond anything we could have ever imagined. So let's dive into it. From Luke 5. It says, While the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, 
he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep, and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish, and as their nets and their and as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So then later, Peter says this. says, Then Peter said, Look, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? <coughs> Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. So I want you to like put yourself in the shoes of Peter and like as you're like in that moment before Jesus comes and I want you to think of like what were the dreams of his life, you know? Like I heard, you hear like scripture scholars talk about how, you know, fishermen weren't exactly like the highest in like the food chain and like of, you know, Israeli society. But like, so as a man who just like fishes, like maybe like the only desire he really had was to catch like a, a bunch of fish, you know? And but actually like Jesus blows his expectations out of the water like literally fish come out of the water right like 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 uh, like imagine that that like what you what you had dreamed what you had thought of and what you had wanted all of a sudden comes right to you like in even more right like both boats are overflowing with fish this is more fish he's probably seen in his entire stinking life, right? But then Jesus says, leave it and follow me. So like literally, so he's like, okay, Peter has like expectations for like, you know, this amount of fish. And the next thing you know, boom, his expectations are like a hundredfold, right? And then... If you, and then I just want you to think of like actually the life that that Jesus had called him to even after that. I want you to think of like the life that he had as like Pope. He never would have dreamed of that. I want you to think of the life when he preached in Acts two and three thousand people were converted that day. I want you to think of later in Acts when he his shadow is healing people, and the and the deaf are speaking or the. the The deaf are speaking. But so are the mute. And the deaf are beginning to hear. And people who are crippled for their entire life are beginning to walk again. 
Peter wasn't thinking of that. There's no freaking way. And my, my, what happens, because it happened to me, is that like, I, I would take God, I'd put God in the small box of what I thought he was capable of, and I, I thought that this is all God could do, and this is all I really wanted him to do. And then sometimes I'd be bold, and I'd put him in a slightly larger box. <laughs> I think it's time we take God out of the box. Because when Peter had all those fish, he left them. I think it's time to leave behind our slightly larger box and let God just do his thing. I think it's time we give it all to God and we let him dream in us. What if God was calling you to change your major because he had different plans for your life? Are you willing to do that? Because that's hard. You've been been planning your whole, you know, you set up this plan for your life and all right, here's like, like, I had a dream of this and then I'm going to do that now. That was, that was Peter's experience. Like, his dream was to catch a bunch of fish. And then he did. And then God had an incredible plan for his life. And he never would have been able to accomplish it if he had not left his nets there. And so, I'm, I'm saying that God is inviting us into a lifestyle. And that's really what he's calling us to. So Matthew 13, Jesus says this parable. He says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up, and then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Like following Jesus means that we found a treasure. And get this, this guy, once he finds the treasure, in joy, sells everything he has because that's how much it's worth it. Like the treasure of like following Jesus, like it's so valuable and of so much worth that in joy we can leave behind the things that we've had in our lives. That's how valuable this treasure is, guys. Because... Because actually, like, like, the treasure is transformation. That everything becomes transformed in my life. When I start doing things for Jesus instead of me, my life in community begins, begins to be transformed. My prayer life begins to be transformed into something beyond my wildest dreams of what I thought prayer was even capable of. My expectations for, for like, relationships and friendships become radically different. And you start to experience incredible intimacy with the people around you and incredible intimacy with God. And at my, your whole life begins to take on a new context and new meaning and you begin to experience new fulfillment. Because it's all for Jesus. So I actually just want to like witness to... God's work in my life um, for a minute and I actually just want not, not to like put myself on like a pedestal or anything but actually just to show you how generous and faithful a father we have so some of you probably many of you know in high school I was um, discerning the priesthood and religious life like super seriously and um, having to like 
and it came to a point where it was made pretty clear to me that God wasn't calling me to continue on that path. But, like, that actually had, like, been my dream for, like, so long to, like, be ordained a priest and, like, be able to consecrate the Eucharist and, and preach for people and do all these other things that, like, a priest does. And it actually took, like, it took me, like, honestly, like, a year and a half for me to actually let go of that. <laughs> like, that was, like, because it, because I, I didn't, I didn't think there was anything, I, I didn't know that there was something else better for me out there, you know? And, like, actually, when I left there, uh, I came to ODU, where we all are at. Go Panthers. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, like, it was crazy to see things shift. Like, from, like, where we got, like, a new chaplain, like Father Paul, who's incredible and awesome. And I love what he's doing and what, the way, what he's brought to ODU. I think about um, the men's nights and the women's nights and the households and all these other things that started happening on campus. And Eucharistic adoration and daily mass and retreats and in and like promotions for vocations, all these things that weren't there, all of a sudden started to happen. And it was incredible. But honestly, the most important thing that happened was actually God started transforming my heart in a way that was really powerful, where I began to experience um, God's love for me in a really real way that I'd never experienced in high school. I began to experience freedom that God had begun to pour in my life. I began to experience confidence in myself as a minister and as God's son. And I don't think any of those things, whether in my heart or what happened to ODU, would have been the same if I wasn't there. that none of that would have happened if I had not decided to let go of that dream that I had. And then God invited me and blessed me with something incredible. Like, and as I look back now, like, it's so worth it. Like, the dreams that I had were so boring, you know? Like, I really, literally, it's like, I probably would have, like, you know, said Mass and then, like, literally the thing I was thinking of, and then go home to the rectory and just chill and chillax, you know? And that's so freaking boring. <laughs> like, I, I don't think... And, I, I, like, to be honest, like, I don't actually know. But what I do know is that what God has invited me into was so exciting and so real and so fulfilling. And that never would have happened if I had not given that to God in trust and in fullness. And then... When I left those behind, I started making concrete decisions in my life, doing this and joining this community and you know, pouring myself out of this. And in those concrete decisions, that's what really started to transform my heart. That's when I started to experience fulfillment. That's when meaning started coming to my life. And so actually, um, like tonight in worship, like God's gonna, and God is inviting us to give up everything, right? And to lay our desires behind so that he can awaken new desires in our hearts, right? But also at the same time, I don't want us to like, like sometimes we lose like actually the the realness of discipleship when all we do is come to prayer meetings 
and say, God, I give you everything. We actually need to start living it, right? <coughs> Amen? Amen? Good job, guys. <laughs> so, um, so like, right, so, like, formation is going to look like, you know, we have these prayer meetings every two weeks. We have a talk every two weeks. We have our small groups on the other weeks. We have one-on-ones those times, like, every month or so, you know? And actually, all those things are places where where we're going to let God transform our hearts, right? Because God's in those places. And I and the same God who's calling us to give everything is present in those places. That our commitment and faithfulness to coming here every other week, that's God calling us to give everything. That that whoever's speaking up here, whether it's me or like all the other host of missionaries and stuff, that's God calling you into discipleship to follow him. That our one-on-ones, that the challenges that you don't like, that your pastoral leader is going to give you, that is Jesus calling you to follow him. And so the more you're willing to lay down, the more you can receive what you've always wanted, guys. My life's a testament to that, and I believe it. And I know that I know that I know it's true. Because God is faithful, and that's what he's promised. He's promised a hundredfold over our lives. So if you're willing to let that go, if you're willing to listen to him and follow him, I think it's going to be incredible for our lives. So let's do it. (laughs) Amen. Amen.